What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. This week on the podcast, we will be learning our ABCs. A is for Africa, as we bring the latest news on a possible vaccine for swine fever that has decimated China's swine herds. B is for battery, as we feature a new economic model that might make electric cars more attractive to consumers. And C, of course, is for China. Really, what else would you expect? With all the top news from A to Z, here's what has been happening in China this week. The Trump administration is privately seeking to reassure U.S. companies, including Apple Inc., that they can still do business with the WeChat messaging app in China, Bloomberg reports, citing several people familiar with the matter, two weeks after President Donald Trump ordered a U.S. ban on the Chinese-owned service. In recent days, senior administration officials have been reaching out to some companies, realizing that the impact of an all-out ban on the popular app owned by China's Tencent Holdings could be devastating for U.S. technology, Retail, gaming, telecommunications, and other industries, people familiar with the discussions said. Apple is one of the companies that could stand to lose the most from the WeChat ban because China represents a fifth of its sales. The company's investors have also expressed concerns that Trump's order could prompt China to retaliate by restricting manufacturing in the country where Apple makes a large proportion of its products. Fresh data showed China's wheat imports more than doubled in the first seven months of the year from the same period last year due to increasing domestic demand for high-quality wheat, a spokesman for the Ministry of Commerce said. The surge in wheat purchases from overseas is another sign that China is taking food security more seriously as flooding has ravaged part of the country and the leadership is pushing a campaign to reduce food waste. The positive outlook for wheat prices in China has given commodities traders an incentive to buy more from overseas to try to cash in on rising domestic prices in the future, an industry insider said. In addition, a jump in corn prices, which are up 7.8% year-on-year, has pushed more livestock farmers to switch to feeding their poultry with wheat, which has also boosted domestic demand. 
China's central bank does not plan to expand its efforts to extend credit to small businesses in the fight against the economic fallout due to the coronavirus pandemic, as the tools involved have already provided the necessary support and the economy has returned to normal, according to a senior People's Bank of China official. The news is consistent with the last quarterly Politburo meeting on July 30th, where they highlighted the need to maintain reasonable growth of money supply and total social financing. Economists with Macquarie Group Limited said in a research note that the meeting suggested Beijing was considering normalizing policy and focusing on containing risk after the economy returned to growth with a 3.2% year-on-year gain in the second quarter of this year. Saudi Arabia's state oil company suspended a deal to build a $10 billion refining and petrochemicals complex in China, according to people familiar with the matter, as the company slashes spending in response to low oil prices, Bloomberg reported. Saudi Arabian Oil Company, or Saudi Aramco, decided to stop investing in the facility in China's northeastern province of Liaoning after negotiations with their Chinese partners, said the people who asked not to be identified as the matter is private. The uncertain market outlook was behind the decision, they said. The Chinese side, however, will still press ahead with the project, which also includes an ethylene cracker and a paraxylene unit, according to the people. And the joint venture remains an option for the future, they said. There are promising signs in the fight against so-called African swine fever as a new vaccine enters the next stage of trials. The vaccine, developed by the Harbin Veterinary Research Institute, a top animal disease research body, showed positive results in intermediate stage trials and is expected to undergo large-scale testing soon, according to the Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs. African swine fever, the highly infectious and lethal disease to pigs, has decimated the country's vast swine herds in recent years, causing both the industry and its customers to suffer serious shortages of the country's favorite meat and has pushed up inflation. Pork prices in China rose 85.7% year-on-year in July, according to data from the National Bureau of Statistics. Chinese electric vehicle maker NIO, Incorporated is launching a battery rental business that will allow its cars to be purchased without a battery pack in an effort to make its vehicles more affordable by lowering the initial price. The business, called Battery as a Service, can lower the down payment on batteryless NEO models by as much as 70,000 yuan, or $10,115, according to NEO CEO William Lee. The battery rental service starts at a price of 980 yuan a month. Several other companies, including Botan Technology and SoftBank-invested Alton, also provide such battery swap services. However, China has not issued a policy that standardizes battery pack specifications so that the same battery can be used across a range of vehicles. China's stocks provided a much-needed bright spot in otherwise dismal news for the world's largest sovereign fund, which reported $21 billion in losses for the first half of 2020. Norway's Sovereign Wealth Fund reported a negative return of 3.4%, citing, quote, major fluctuations in the equity market, unquote. The loss is dramatic because equity investments, which made up nearly 70% of Norway's government pension fund Global, fell in value by 6.8% at the end of the first half of 2020, according to Norge's Bank Investment Management, which manages the fund. 
However, the fund's investment in the Chinese stock market returned 7.7% growth as of the end of June. China accounted for 5.2% of the fund's equity investments, up from 4.3% at the end of December. And finally, in an important legal development, a Chinese court has overturned a verdict against a woman who reported rural pollution. Public prosecutors in northwest China are expected to drop their case against a woman who was imprisoned for more than 600 days for picking quarrels and provoking trouble, a vaguely defined offense used to control threats to social stability after she reported environmental and other violations in her hometown. A court in Shichuan, a county in Shaanxi province, on Friday permitted local prosecutors to withdraw the case against Li Sixia, a 57-year-old engineer based in the city of Xi'an, after a higher court reversed the original guilty verdict on appeal and ordered a retrial. Li told Caixin on Friday that she was still awaiting a formal letter from the prosecutors confirming the case's withdrawal. She did not rule out suing the government for compensation. Let's turn now to Caixin Global Managing Editor Doug Young for his pick of a story of interest this week. Doug, what do you have for us this week? Okay, well, uh, I've got an interesting story. Usually I like to do tech, and this week I'm going to go decidedly low-tech. I've got a couple stories that we ran during the week about wheat, uh, and I know a few people probably yawning when I, when I said that, but let's try it anyhow. Uh, the first story is that China's wheat imports actually rose quite a bit in the first seven months of the year. Uh, specifically, they reached 4.28 million tons, which won't mean much to most people, but the thing that most people understand is that was more than double what they did in the last, in the, sorry, in the first seven months of last year. And it's also more in the first seven months than they did for all of 2019. So that was a, a pretty big rise. The second uh, piece of news was just uh, something about China's wheat reserves. And this was a similar figure, I guess, uh, that, that basically the amount of wheat going into China's national wheat reserves was down by 18%. And this is uh, through August. So again, for like the first eight months of the year. Um, and, and the interesting thing here, I guess, is that, you know, these two seem to paint a similar picture in that China is producing less wheat, although I should say with a wheat reserve story, there's talk that farmers are hoarding wheat and not giving it to the reserves. And then uh, the other story is that, you know, they're importing a lot. So it seems to show maybe China's having some shortages. Uh, you know, China's had all kinds of flooding issues this year. So some people are saying, you know, uh, is that is that part of the problem? Then, of course, people are saying, oh, uh, you know, are they buying more wheat because of the U.S. trade deal? So there's lots of talk going on around this. And, you know, these are pretty, pretty substantial figures. Again, like I say, doubling of wheat uh, imports and then also a 20 percent drop in uh, wheat going into the reserves. Okay, Doug, maybe you've been in China for a long time and maybe you're starting to sound like the old front pages of the China Daily with all our headlines about wheat harvests. Uh, this isn't your usual sexy tech stuff, Doug. What gives? Oh, come on. Uh, this isn't, isn't dry at all. Um, actually, this does coincide with something else that's going on in China, which is basically uh, it's, this has been all over social media. So there's my, my tech angle there. Um, Xi Jinping, the Chinese president, has suddenly 
started promoting this clean plate campaign, uh, which is basically urging people not to waste food. And, and they've come up with like some real snappy formulas like N minus one, uh, which means that if you've got eight people at a banquet, you're supposed to order one de- one less dish than the number of people. So you should only order seven. And of course, this goes contrary to China custom where you usually order more. Uh, so people are saying, gee, what's what's going on with this? And then there was another big story that was trending on social media about uh, a restaurant that was weighing people when they would come in and then when they were leaving to make sure they didn't overgorge themselves. And, and of course, this got all sorts of criticism on social media. Uh, and I think the restaurant stopped doing it. But again, it's it's raised all sorts of questions. You know, food security has become a big issue these days. And people are saying, uh-oh, is, is China, you know, running low on food? Are they telling people to cut back because of, of something like this? Have the floods really hurt that much? And, you know, it's got a lot of people talking. There were real serious concerns, especially during the height of uh, China's COVID-19 about food shortages. And, and we have seen runs on toilet paper and other stuff in other markets. So uh, this is what's got people sort of talking about this one. Well, that makes sense. And, you know, I was just joking. Uh, what is your sense of the significance of these stats, the decline, especially in the amount of wheat that's going into the strategic reserve? Are, are we talking about looming food shortages? Well, my feeling is that maybe there's a little bit of the food security element. I personally think the big imports are probably coming from the U.S. because of this trade deal. You know, the frugality campaign is a little bit mind-boggling, I have to say. There was, there was a big uh, frugality campaign when Xi Jinping first became president, but that was like eight years ago. So uh, that's sort of gone by the wayside. Why they're suddenly bringing it out again, you know, my feeling is it's probably, you know, some propaganda person in Beijing thought it was time for a new campaign uh, so I don't I don't see imminent food shortages, but you never know. I mean, uh, things here just aren't that transparent. Well, Doug, thanks as always, and we look forward to having you back on the show again next week. Okay, thanks a lot, Kaiser. Thank you. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Special thanks to Lee Sin and Marcus Ryder of Caixin Global. Thanks to Wufei and Spring and Autumn for the music. Be sure to check out the other shows in the Seneca Network on SupChina. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SupChina Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at SupChina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care. <music>